the message is a lot. It's so, this is the message. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. So, and we're hearing it, and you may be really agreeing with it. And you're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. Then it hits, and the way the mental condition is, you're structured to be a sheep. Yeah, you're taking yourself to be a sheep. So the only way a sheep can make sense of the message that you're a lion to pre- to protect its own sheepness is to turn it into I can become like a lion. It's very subtle, but it happened with me. That's why I can share it. I, 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 could, I would go to it, and I, there would be like a really uh, excitement to hear the message, but the message wasn't really heard the way it was being delivered. It got interpreted in a way where it neutered the message. Really. It made it into something else really quickly. And, I, I wanted, and my mental conditioning wanted to embrace that some, the way that something is. And it was really gung-ho about it until it find out it didn't work. Like, when I would use it as an excuse of my girlfriend getting mad at me for not doing the dishes, I would say, there is no Paul to do the dishes, you know, something like that. And she'd go, screw that, Paul, do the dishes. So after a few years, I realized I, my mental condition couldn't take advantage of this message. It was not working. Yeah, I mean, so it started to lose interest. That was a great moment. When it lost interest in it as a novelty, it left it alone, and then the raw mind could entertain it. Like the unconditional mind could sort of, like its spotlight, go over it and then put a little attention on it and saw the value in it. Where the conditional mind, like the eye of Sauron, you know, when it's it's going over, you know, the, the middle kingdom and everywhere looking for the ring, it misses the real value, which is this message, in a sense, this nothingness, yeah, this, I can't make a damn thing out of this, yeah, it's, I can't make it, I can't structure it, I can't program it, I can't build, like, a stairway to it, I can't make a path in front of it, I, all I can do is succumb to it, yeah, just to sort of fit myself around the message, instead of trying to fit the message around the me, so the me is represented by that idea of being a sheep, yeah, so it's not so much hearing the message, it's checking out the ears that are hearing it. Yeah? Am I that sheep? If I'm not that sheep, then the idea of becoming like a lion is ludicrous. Yeah? It's ludicrous because you already are a lion. And I, some of the people that have come in for a long time, you know, just bear with me because there's new people here. But there's an old uh, Indian story, not an East, you know, Hindu story, about... Uh, a lion and, a, and her cub. And the, the, the lioness gets killed and then the cub is abandoned, yeah? So the cub is roaming around. It doesn't know what's going on. It depended on its mother for everything. And it sees this herd of sheep. So it starts, it starts going towards the sheep, hoping that it can sort of get with the sheep, you know? Because it feels a little lonely. It doesn't know what it is going on. The sheep know what it is, so they start running away. But then they realize this, the lion doesn't even know it's a lion. Yeah? So they sort of adopt it and the lion starts trying to become a sheep or it starts living like a sheep. And, you know, it's sitting around the campfire and they're all talking about who's going to be the next sweater next year. And, you know, and it's, it's getting its, its mane curled so it looks like a sheep. And it's trying to bar and like this. But it has a, and it's not really that satisfied be, being a sheep. Why is that? Because it ain't one, yeah? That's the dilemma, yeah? And it really wants to be a sheep, and it's, and it's believing it's a sheep, but it's just something, there's an irritability, restlessness, and discontent that's sort of like a malaise while it's walking around, running around with the rest of the sheep. So one day an old lion comes into the area, and it sees the herd, and it wants to eat something, so it starts chasing the sheep. And it sees the, out of the side of its eye, it sees this other lion running, and it thinks, oh, there's other lions joining me in the hunt. But it realizes the lion's running with the sheep. It thinks this is pretty strange, so it veers off and it goes after that lion. The lion's running its ass off, the young lion, away from the big lion. The big lion catches it, the young lion rolls on its back, goes, please, Mr. Lion, I'm just a humble sheep, don't eat me. The lion's really perplexed. It grabs the, the young lion, just drags it to this pond, sticks its head over the water, and the old lion puts his head over the water. The young lion sees the reflection and gets it. It's a lion. Yeah? 
It sees the reflection of the old lion and its lion, and there's no fucking difference. It gets it like this, bam a realization, it's a lion. It doesn't have to take three months of roaring lessons, yeah? It doesn't have to become like a lion. All it had to do was see it that see that it wasn't a sheep, yeah? It doesn't need to study how great a lion is. Because all the study of how great a lion is is going to be prevented from really sinking in if it's believed to be a sheep that's studying it, yeah? That's the whole point. We're not questioning is it great to be a lion or not to be a lion. That has nothing to do with it. We're questioning are you a sheep, yeah? If you're not that then what could possibly happen? You may possibly roar. You may find out that you're a lion. Yeah? Finding out that you're a lion is much different than knowing that you're a lion or knowing about being a lion from the point of view of being a sheep. Finding out about the lion is how it downloads. It's a download. You sense something that was so obvious but you never understood it. You had no freaking idea. No matter how close you thought you were by a perusal of all the books and all the practices, you were so far off because you were somewhere. And it's right where you are. Yeah? It's so obvious, it just blows your little mind. It really does. And now, when, when the, the production of living life as a sheep, which is going to continue, keeps continuing, there's a large part of your interest and attention that has been unwed to that. You're just not buying it anymore. Yeah? And what happens is you're in a state of I don't know. You don't know you, you're a lion. All you're starting to entertain is, hey, I may not be a sheep. Yeah? That's all that's happening. There's just a question now instead of an assumption. Yeah? The basis isn't a question, is a question more than now not a, an assumption. And that question is rooted in the, the Zen mind of I don't know. Yeah? You just don't know what's going on, and what happens is you find out. Yeah? You find out by what happens. You find out by what not happens. You just find out. It downloads. And now, instead of trying to learn that you're a lion from the outside, you find out that you're a lion from the inside out, instead of trying to learn that you're a lion from the, in, from the outside in. Because if you're trying to learn you're a lion from the outside in, it's going to hit the wall of identification. You're a sheep. Yeah? You're a sheep. And no matter how much focus you put on, I'm studying to be a lion, it's going to be bounced off of this reflection of being a sheep. It's a pretty profound defense, yeah? This is sort of getting behind the line. Not, not trying to go over the wall, dig under the wall, break through the wall. We're just doing like a roundabout. We're going out to, into the back door and then finding out from here, am I that sheep? If I'm not that sheep, I'll tell you, the desire to become a better sheep starts dropping, the desire to become a lion starts dropping, the desire to become a lot of things stops dropping, and now you have, let's say, a keen interest to find out what you are. Not a desire to become anything, but to actually find out what you are. Not a desire to become anything, but to find out what you are. Yeah? The desire, the becoming here, the becoming here, the becoming like a, a, a club owner, the becoming this, is going to happen. There's going to be lots of becomings. You're going to wear a lot of uniforms, right? A lot of different hats in this life. But the, the finding out of what you are amidst all those different hats, under all those hats underneath all those uniforms, to find out what you are is an ongoing event here. Yeah? You'll never be able to know it but the, the joy is finding out about it. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, it happened 25 years ago. It's a constant finding out about it. Because what is, is ising in a sense. Yeah. What is, is manifesting. What is, is expressing right now. And you know the tree by the fruit. So just like a tree expresses some, some quality through the fruit that it produces, this, 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 Thusness expresses, and by its expression, you get a sense of it. Yeah, that's the sense of the presence of what we are. You can't put your finger on it. You can't put a title on it. You can't put numbers behind it. You can't acquire it. You can't measure it. You can't weigh it. You can't privatize it. You can't taketh. You can't giveth. It's just what is. Yeah, but its influence can be great. 
So it's sort of like, oh, all right. Now, so here, like in Buddhism, there's a master that said, Dogen said that to study Buddhism, yeah, is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. That's the whole point. Yeah. So when you start entertaining the idea, I may not be that, then you start studying a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, what does it? What does that imply? What does that infer? It infers doership, infers free will, it infers I'm a separate, long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It infers that I wasn't here, I started, I'm not going to be here. It infers a lot of things. It infers that they, there may be what they call a soul that's coming here to just get better and more purified, all this. It has this tons of thousands of ideas about this idea of being a self. Yeah? So you find out a little bit about it, you, and then you start seeing that the self can only be implied. The feeling of being you can only be remembered. It can only be inferred. It can, can only be assumed. Yeah? That selfing is a, is a desire that never gets fulfilled because it never can be what it wants to be, which is this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It's always going to be thwarted. That's why there's this inherent dissatisfaction or malaise because if you lived as a desire that can never be met, you're going to feel just like you feel when you don't get a desire met today. You're going to feel like that every day. It's going to be an underlying feeling, just like if you have a strong desire to meet someone and it doesn't go well, you're bummed out. Yeah. Well, we're starting out. We're starting from the point of being bummed out. Yeah. And we're trying to we're trying to relieve that bummed outness by getting with all these other desires. One desire begets another desire begets another desire. But the first desire, in a sense, the, the desire of the conditional mind to be what it's thinking it is, can never be fulfilled because you're inherently something else. Yeah. You're not made out of flesh and blood. You're not a product of a brain. Yeah. It would be nice if you were, then you could become with your whole life. And then you could, you could measure your success on how high you became or how much money you had. But that doesn't seem to work. People get tons of money and it doesn't translate into what they were looking for. Yeah? Some people have no money and it's, they're, they're actually happy. Some people are suffering, poor people suffering. Some people suffer, rich people suffering. Yeah? Poor people suffering is they, th- they think they'd be better off if they had money. Rich people suffering is they realize that's a joke and they have a different level of suffering. Yeah? We want to exchange sufferings. I'd much rather be suffering like that rich person than suffering like this poor person. Yeah, there's a preference in our society. But I see this, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, all right, I'm going to exchange, I'm going to get one degree cooler in hell. You know what I mean? Oh, great. Let me work on that. I mean, I just want to cut out, cut out half a degree of heat in my life, you know? Then I'll be so much better off. You're still burning up. What does a desire do? What does a desire do that's unfulfilled? Doesn't it burn up energy? Doesn't it burn up energy? Doesn't, doesn't the mental condition, it's almost like a furnace, this desire to become and unbecome, see, that's its unbelievable insanity. By you trying to unbecome what you believe you already are is just another way it screws with you. You can't be that either. You're not a loser. So this whole drive to become, not, become something other than a loser is just the same thing as trying to become a winner. So the, the mental condition is attempting to unbecome what it believes it is and become what it doesn't think it is, that it wants to be, yeah? That's like a furnace. Your interest and attention, like a coal, it's just being shoveled in there all freaking day. It's burning up your energy. It's burning you out. And it's incessant, isn't it? It never ceases. It t- gives you a big plan of, all right, well, if you do this and you get that, you'll arrive there. And when you arrive there, you won't be behaving like you're doing while you're trying to get there. You'll be chilled out. You'll be able to embrace everything. But you've been withholding yourself until that mythical moment. But then when you get there, you'll be able to embrace it. You won't. It has nothing to do with arriving. It has to do with arriving, departing, arriving, departing, arriving, departing. It's an incessant slinky. It's not going to stop. If one movement kicks the next movement, kicks the next movement, if arrival, if the movement is arrival, there's going to be the movement of departure. If the movement is to departure, it's going to be arrival. Yes? It's a dualistic movement. 
move it. If you want to be good, you're going to be bad. You see how people, when they really try to be good, and then they blow up. They have some perversion start happening on the side. They're doing such a, it cannot not happen. This place is a dualistic co- uh, configuration, yes? It's yes or no, high or low, good and bad, yeah? If you move towards something, you're moving away from something. All movement is, is a denial of what's so. What's so is you are here, now, yeah? No need to polish it better, just to be aware of it. You have that ability to be conscious, just... So he has this desire to become and unbecome. Desire to unbecome, become. Tons of fires. So what happens? It moves you to get relief from that, doesn't it? All other addictions come from that addiction. You're trying to get relief from that addiction. Yeah. How How easy is it to be totally at peace for one second, but try it for eight hours? You see how time lords over you? You can totally relax for a second, but eight hours, forget about it. The mind is just demanding you to do something. It's like, it's like, a, it's like you're being whipped in, in a form of slavery. You don't even see the effects of time. Time, we're drenched in it. The way we think, our society is all based on time. And it's just like, it's like a whip that no one's noticing, just whipping you. Keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. If you stop... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> the big threat comes over you. The impending doom that's always lurking. If you stay like this for too long, you're going to... What? <laughs> What's going to happen? Well, you will see. What? Okay, <laughs> show it. No! You'll see it later. Yeah. It's like, isn't it a form of slavery? See, you work hard to relax, and then, and then you can't relax. Yeah. Because you're demanded to go work hard again. There's a freedom. Not not as it or for it or by it, but from it. Yeah. By a simple acknowledgement or an entertaining of your curiosity, of the mind. Questioning sense of what's going on and who's it going on to. If it isn't going on to me, I'll tell you, my my relations to everything out here is based on how they relate to me. I don't want to have to work on all the relationships. Just work on that me. It's not even work. Just question, am I that? If I'm not that, then my relationships to everything changes. Yeah. This, 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 this has given everything all the meaning it has. That's what's happening right now. Not to assume it's revenge. <laughs> Let's start simply. Are you the thinker of your thoughts? Yeah, start there. It's a beautiful place to start. If you have, if you're in the program of recovery, you've already had so much. There's so much evidence just latently there to entertain. I say this all the time, but this is what happens when you go to meetings for a couple months. Hearing people share their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions. I was sitting there in this giant thick shell of terminal uniqueness, believing no one thought like the thoughts I think. No one felt like how I felt. And no one did the heinous things that I did. And I had total belief in that as being the truth. It was the most, it was like an isolation chamber of, of the mind's making. Yeah. And I'm listening to people share their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions for a few months. And I can only come to two conclusions. How did they get my thoughts? How do they have my feelings? I thought they were so uniquely mine. How could they be uniquely yours? <laughs> or they're not mine. And they're not yours. That there's a thought system, there's a thought interpretive system that's taken us over in a way. And like a parasite, say a mental parasite, and that parasite doesn't have an infinite amount of characteristics. It has a basic finite amount of characteristics. And it's been expressing itself through all these millions of hosts. Yeah? Now, when some of these, let's say 50 of these hosts that have been harboring this parasite, unbeknownst to them, are sitting together sharing 
their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions, there's a great revelation to the hosts in the room that we've just seen or recognized the parasite. Because how can we have the same thoughts and the same feelings and the same reactions? How come when someone who isn't suffering from, let's say, alcoholism comes in the room and we crack a joke, they don't laugh, but everyone who has alcoholism laughs? Why is that? Because there's an identification with the alcoholism. And that other person doesn't have him. They have self-centeredness, but they don't have an extreme version of self-centeredness called alcoholism. So they're not in on the joke. Yeah? So the freedom is, is to see it's not personal. The disease makes it personal. The parasite convinces you that you're the parasite. Yeah? So when you meet other people that have been convinced that they're the parasite, and you realize, how can we all be the... Same person, we must be under the same parasite. Aha! Now you've seen some of the beasts. Now you've recognized the disease of alcoholism. Yeah? So as soon as my mind saw that I was not that, what could it entertain immediately? I can be free of it. Yeah? Before, I could only entertain being from it. So I can only entertain being free as it, which wasn't working, obviously. Being, you know, oblivion sounded good. Let's just stay as unconscious as possible under this tyranny. But as soon as I entertained, I was not that. The, the next thing, it was always there, that possibility. There was something that was blocking it off. The mind's identification as the parasite was blocking off the simple solution of I'm not that. As soon as I'm not that became obvious or available, the next was I can be free of it. I'm not, I, I, don't, I, it does, I don't have to wait to try to become better as it. I don't have to get therapy for it. Yeah, I don't have to try to take vacations from it because they, it always comes along. <laughs> if you go at work and you think it's there, when you get to Hawaii, it's in Hawaii thinking about work. When you're at work, it's thinking about Hawaii. It's traveling with you, as you. It's underneath your passport. <laughs> but you can finally entertain, hey, I can be free from it. Yeah? And that can be the starting. It also can be the end. It can be a sudden, quick famo, or it can be the beginning of, of, a, of a gradual traveling lighter, or more of an immunity to that calibration of mind. So when the mind's not calibrated in self-centeredness and locked in that position through identification, now it sometimes swings into self-centeredness, but it's not locked there anymore because it's entertained. Hey, I may not be that. So it swings out of self-centeredness. And after a while, it may swing out and never swing back in sufficiently to get caught anymore. Yeah. So now the mind becomes free-range. It's not defined by self-centeredness anymore. It's roaming. It's free. It can entertain its own nature, which is nothingness. It can participate here. It has the flexibility and the, and the ability to fit itself around circumstances and everything like that. Nothing that you acquired by doing and having, they were latently available. The mind just needed to be disengaged from one preoccupation, and that was with obsession with self. But it's very difficult to be free from obsession with self as a self. Yeah? Because the identification as the self is the supreme obsession. It's so obsessed it doesn't even know it anymore. You identify that. Yeah? Very, you can recognize the other forms of obsession. It's difficult to recognize the identification as. Yeah? I couldn't see it. I had to hear it from someone else. As soon as they dropped the idea into my head, I, it dawned on me. But I, all the while I was looking for that, I never found it. But when I heard it from outside at a meeting like this, it dawned on me. And that person saved me a whole lot of freaking time. A whole lot of time. I didn't have to try my 80th way to try to approach the truth. And after that, it was over. <laughs> I was like, the need to be liberated was, I was liberated from that. <laughs> need to be liberated. Because the only thing that can that needs to be liberated is what you not are. You are not of that. <laughs> what you not are? <laughs> I'll correct that in the editing here. This is all going to be edited soon. It's getting a little too much. Yeah, so it's a simple idea, yeah? Simple idea. 
gets in there. It doesn't care about if you're worrying about next week. It just directs attention to who is it that's worrying about next week. Whatever you're worrying about next week isn't getting the meaning from next week. It's getting the meaning from you. <laughs> next week is important, not because of it being next week, but because it's going to be you in next week. We're always questioning where the meaning's coming from, not where it hits. Yeah, Next week is just an idea that it splatters on, and it distracts us, and we get caught up in next week. But we want to see where it's issuing forth from, which is mind. Yeah? Mind is giving me everything, all the meaning it has. So let's go, okay, I'm worrying about next week. And so, okay, now do I want to get into next week? How can I? Can't go there. There's no hotels. <laughs> so, give me next week and I'll get into it. You know, <laughs> I can't go in there. I can only be up here. All right, so let's see what's the center of this up here-ness. It's called self-centeredness. Well, I would gather maybe self is the center of the system, yeah? That's why it's called self-centered. So let's go to the center of the system and question, am I that? If I'm not that, maybe you'll lose, Maybe the effects of the system will lose their ability to affect you. Yeah? Because their ability to affect you is coming from the center. Next week has no power, obviously. How can it? It's not happening. How can next week have any power? Or how can two weeks ago have any power? It's not actually happening, is it? What is happening that's causing next week to have any power? The thinking about it now. Yeah? Now, what's giving the thinking about it now so much meaning? The one who believes it's the thinker about now. Yeah? That's happening now. All right, let's go to the thinker. Am I that thinker? Maybe, maybe not. Find out. If I'm not, the whole, the whole distribution of meaning from the center to the outside, back into the center, you know, like in Course of Miracles says, you and I are dreaming this place. You and I, mind, is dreaming this place. We forgot we're dreaming this place. Yeah? So let's say we're dreaming next week. That you and I are dreaming about next week. We forgot we're dreaming about next week, and we've given next week all the power to affect us now. That's what's happening all day. Yeah? So, what, are you going to try to deal with next week today? How? How are you going to deal with next week today? Yes. So, let's go question. All right. Well, who's the thinker of all those thoughts? If it isn't you, if you're not the thinker, then the thoughts won't be about you. You'll lose interest in them. I'm telling you. They'll be immediately, instead of having this very intense wet, mental weather front on your day, it will lift. You'll have a little more space. Maybe the sun will break through, the clouds will part, and then there'll be an aha. Honor that aha. So that when the other shit starts hitting the fan again, and all the meaning gets distributed to all the things outside of you, then maybe you'll remember what happened. Everything comes to pass, yes? Nothing ever moves right where you are. You are unsullied, unaffected, untattooed, unwritten on, yeah? And then, when this starts becoming obvious, you'll see what you were missing in your own life. You were you're missing your own, actually your own participation. Let's say, say yours, because that implies a you. But the mind's own, interpreta- own participation in your life has been sort of contracted and put through this very small little frame called self-centeredness, Yeah? It's doing the best that it can, but it's like having a marathon runner in a closet. It's just getting neurotic. It's just eating its own tail, going over things that never happened and going over things that never really happened the way you think they did. Yeah, On and on and on. This is about, okay, if you question the framing, I'm not that framing, then instead of just seeing the cloud, you'll pick up the sky at the same time. Yeah, The sky will influence the meaning that the cloud seems to have. It'll lessen its meaning. And then the sky will start having all the meaning in the world. And the sky is uninterrupted, never shifts, never changes, holds everything that comes to it, yet it's never affected by it. It's truly reliable. Yeah? You can finally find true rest and start living really a day at a time. You think you guys are getting hot. I'm getting hot. <laughs> so, 
talks are getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> but that's what a message should do, I think, over time. It should get shorter and shorter, yeah? I have total faith in mine. Like, I know you've heard it. It's in your head. It's in your, well, let's say it's the head. Yeah, it's a done deal. It'll work its little magic and things will happen. It'll direct you places. You know, you'll find things that you never even thought you were looking for. Like you'll read a book or something will happen and then something else will happen. And then other possibilities will become available. Yeah? And the mind will entertain them. And they'll just open up, open up, and feel more and more relaxed and travel lighter. What more do you want? Come here on Saturdays. Get a tan. Get some satsang. Go get some coffee. Throw a dollar in the basket. Some, not even that. 50 cents. (laughs) 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 Any questions today? Yeah. That's the mind's nature. The mind's nature is empty, yeah? Its essence is emptiness. In other words, there's nothing there. Nothing can have an effect there. There's no qualities to it. Yes? Sort of infinitely wide. They talk about it in Dokchen Buddhism, sort of like an open, clear sky. So I, I always love that example because you see all this stuff that happens. It's like most days when people look at the sky, they just describe the clouds that appear in it, right? They can't really describe the sky. The sky allows all this stuff to happen every day. We get different sunsets every day and clouds, yet it's the same sky, the same space all the time, yeah? That's sort of what our life is like. There's emotional states arising, there's mental states arising, there's physical states arising. Where are they all arising in? And where do they all depart from? They don't depart from anywhere, but where do they all decease? They arise in the mind, yes? And then they recede in the mind. But the mind doesn't arise and recede, yeah? The mind is available, just open and empty, always there, yeah? Not affected by whatever arises, not affected by whatever departs, because it's always, it's contextual, yeah? That's sort of the flavor of the mind for me. It's very, very clear, incessantly on, very on, and it's not like a, it's not like an empty, stagnant, not moving thing. It's very, very active. It's pregnant with all possibilities. Yeah? I I love that term, uh, infinite possibility, field of infinite possibilities. In other words, nothing in its actual form or manifestation, but everything in its potentiality. Yes, yeah. So what do you think is happening now with you right now? Tons of mental states are arising based on conditions, like mental winds blowing through this possibility. This, this idea of being a body and a person is just a possibility for what is imminent to manifest. Yeah? Tons of emotional conditions and experiences are happening, aren't they? Tons of feelings, tons of physical conditions, tons of mental states, tons of states about times. You can talk about different realms. Millions and millions and millions of possibilities with a never-ending resource. It can continue on and on and on. Just like there's 8 billion people in the world and there's 8 billion seemingly conscious experiences. There could be 20 billion people in the world, there'd be 20 billion conscious experiences. If there was 100 billion people in the world, there'd be 100 billion conscious experiences. There's no lack of consciousness or, or, or mind, yeah? It's just manifesting. Manifesting, manifesting, manifesting on levels that we are trained to see, body, and on levels we're not trained to see. Energetic, subtle things going on, thoughts. You don't see thoughts like a bird sees a, a uh, I see a bird, you hear them, don't you? They're more like a hearing. Yeah? You hear there's tons of vibrational sounds you never pick up, but dogs are hearing them all day. Insects are seeing tons of different things than us. There's tons of 
Plants are breathing. They're alive. This consciousness is manifesting constantly. You ever see a plant, a flower? We got one at our house. Instead of just one flower, it's like 300 of them in one little plant. And they're putting out tons of perfume. I mean, it's just expressing and manifesting abundantly. Yeah? It's like the most fertile ground of all. And it's just, the crops just keep appearing. So, let's say you're just a possibility. Let's say mind is structured to entertain the idea of being a self and becomes identified as that self and starts living in a very defined frame of possibility called self-centeredness, where being okay isn't a possibility anymore. It was what I was okay was a possibility and I will be okay. Yeah? Being just being isn't a possibility, becoming is the possibility. So, being isn't a possibility, so there's doing and having to become. That's a possibility. You see how all these possibilities get distorted by how, what the mind moves through? So, the mind is moving through a basic frame called self-centeredness, and possibilities are being distorted by that frame. I'm not saying bad or good, it's just a distortion. So, the sense of okayness isn't a sense of okayness now. It's a sense, I was okay and I will be okay. Yeah? Time is totally injected into everything. So when you believe in finding the truth, time's injected into it. Yet read it. Read books about this stuff. Why do you, what takes a path? A body, yes? So when they talk about the spiritual journey, what's a spiritual journey? They're throwing it into, into the context of being a body. Because what takes a journey but a body? You know what I mean? So the spirit doesn't take a journey. Where is where's it, where's it going to leave itself and then find and go somewhere? You know? It's, you see how the frame of mind does it? So it takes something and it, and it makes it into another flavor. And we'll be living that flavor and a lot of us aren't that happy with that flavor. So it's not about trying to change the flavor after it already has been injected with the flavor. Let's look at where it comes from. The mind can shift calibrations. If I'm not the center of the system, then the system will shift. Yeah, My mind won't be guided or navigated by self-centeredness. It will be open to other possibilities. And then you'll express those modalities and you'll get to know them by finding out about them. Yeah, like intuition and all wisdom, sensing people's energy, knowing, hey, this person's not good for me and this and that. You don't need any more information. You just sense it. Yeah, no way I should be participating with any of this. Yeah, and then if you follow that, it's beautiful because it is fucking reliable. Yeah, it's got a knowledge prior to the learning of anything. Yeah, but you can't. It's it's, it's difficult to access that modality through self-centeredness because self. It's like, a, it's like the Old Testament God. It's a very jealous God. It doesn't want any other gods before it. Yeah, it's sort of, And self can't get out of self. So when self tries to acquire aspects of other modalities, it just morphs it into that. Yeah. So every time it hears about, quote-unquote, the truth, it neuters it because it makes it something so that it can become uh, commercially viable in self-centeredness or it can be so, a quantity or something to have. When this is this is not coming from time, it's a timeless modality. Yeah, it's not in the process of becoming; it already is complete in and of itself. It's more driven to express and manifest, not to achieve and accumulate or to arrive at. Yeah, it's already so, and it's nice to have that flavor in this mix. Yeah. For me, it just allowed me so for a while now to travel lighter on a really strong basis for years. I don't need any more proof than that. You know? I've had two huge demonstrations in this life. In Alcoholics Anonymous, I had an influence in my life that dominated me since I was very young. And then I got into recovery and that was, that was shifted to the point where it didn't exist for any anymore. That was a huge demonstration of a power greater than self, yeah? Then the second demonstration was hearing this message. This Hearing this message became my last answer because it became an incredible illuminating factor to the first message, yeah? The first relief I got from alcoholism, from AA, was illuminated by this message. Now, this message probably couldn't come before I got the relief from alcoholism because it would have been blotted out by this, yeah? So, first things first, I got recovered, and then this dropped in, yeah? And it illuminated my life. 
It's not a path to illumination. It illuminates every path. It illuminates whatever you're doing. This is the illuminating quality, your own mind, unfettered by self-centeredness. Yeah? Your mind, unfettered by self-centeredness, is diffuse, bright, like 360 degrees. That same mind, when magnified by self-centeredness, gets focused and concentrated, becomes obsessive, yeah? It misses the point by being so glaringly fixated on one object, it misses the forest, yeah? It misses the forest from the trees. Illumination diffuses it, where it's light and, and there's space. And everything is bright, yeah? There's no thing and thing. It's Everything gets sort of undefined, and now it's just one brightness. Totally different. Totally different movement of light. Not coming through the magnification of self-centeredness. Totally different. And has a different way of moving and a different effect while you're here. When you try to turn the magnification on it, you won't see it. <laughs> you can try to become I'm going to become a specialist in non-duality I'm going to be it's going to be my I'm going to be an expert as soon as you put the magnifying on it where is it? it's not there as soon as you remove it oh as soon as you I'm really going to study hey it's not there oh oh <laughs> you know it by finding out you don't know it by looking yeah. As soon as you try to put a thing on it, it becomes something, you miss it. As soon as that magnifying glass is moved, oh, yeah. I want to make it better? Nope. I want to buy some new glasses that make it, no, nope, it doesn't work. I want to get an improved turbocharged? No. I want to go into an extreme advanced class? No. It's just diffuse, yeah? No, it's just it's focused in a very large aperture, not concentrated. There's things to use concentration here for, but not for this. No, I don't believe it. So, no way. <laughs> this is much more just spacious, bright, not focused and like a beam. You don't need a laser beam. You'll burn yourself. You will. It won't work. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I don't, know if it's really, I don't I'm not really sure what the question is, but um, you had mentioned uh, the obsession with, we can see the obsession with other things. We can see that, but we can't see our obsession with self. I think that's kind of how you said it. And um, that resonated for me. And probably a silly question, but you know, I can get in that space where I can see that I'm obsessed, and that it's not really me, that obsession or, or that that mind is so strong and even though I know it's not as I say it's not real so for lack of a better description not being able to break that which I guess is self I don't know, is it, I don't know if there's a question in there well yeah well the thing is that desire to break it's from self first of all but then again there's a knowing first maybe intellectual yeah. which is like a beginning doesn't, it may not hold that much water in the beginning, but let's say that's the uh, the only male slot you can get it through at first is your intellectual male slot. That message will get in, and you'll start having it'll drop down a little more. Yeah, and so and then if you uh, if you give up trying to see how great you're doing, you'll see that you're doing a lot better. Seriously, you'll have to admit that you're traveling lighter over time, and. Uh, Maybe it's good that you don't get all that you think you want at the right at the same at the one moment because it may not be able to handle it. Really, nervous system and stuff. You know what I mean? It may, it may be too too much of a jolt. So be happy with how things are. Keep giving it away and be grateful. You're like when I got into AA, I had such a sense of entitlement in my head. So when things happened that were good to me, I'd always say, "Thank you, God. That was more than enough." to sort of just I wanted to move right on to I should have more you know mm. it's just like it was just a simple assumption it made total sense to me that I deserved more <laughs> and you know what I mean but it wasn't making me that happy so I used it for years until and then it's I've never I had stopped using it because my mind had shifted out of it that's the thing with tools tools are great 
But the best part about it is when you can put them down. Yeah? Tools can help the mind, but they're not, they're not meant... If you keep holding on to them, then you're making the mind become dependent on tools. You want to have faith in mind and know that mind can stand alone. Yeah? It may need help here because it's been whatever's happened in a sense. So there's like, like when I was got hit by the car, you know, I went through a process of wheelchair, crutches, cane, then I'd have another operation, wheelchair, crutches, cane. Yeah? Now, each part of the, each, they, each situation, I had to be in that situation. But there was the, what, the great part was when to know to get out of the situation, move to the next situation, like to the crutches, yeah? Because if you stay in the wheelchair too long, atrophy starts happening. Much, and then you're, you get lazy, and then it's a lot of work to open your knees up and sit again. So you gotta, and so there's a point with this, is that a tool is great, but it's really good to know when to put it down. Like in recovery, they talk about writing fear inventories. Well, the whole point, though, is to outgrow fear. So the whole point is you want to get to a point where there's no need to do inventory because there's no fear to inventory. To me, that's the goal. Not to become a master of writing down about all my fears all day. <laughs> I'm still having seeming the fears. I want to outgrow the fear. Yeah, I want to grow the conditions, outgrow the con- mental conditions that are causing me to need tools. Yeah, Because I don't feel free having to have a lot of tools. I'd rather be free range, you know. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is like this. Like, this is a repetition. This is a very simple tool. You just use repetition. You hear the message, and the mind, like, gets it one way, and then the next week it gets it another way. And you don't realize it's not the getting the message. The message is spurring the mind to expand in a way, yeah? To come out of its little straitjacket of selfing and to, to expand. And that's the message, the message is just an irritant to let the mind wake up and go, instead of living like this, you know, stretch out. Hey, and then once you see that, there's no going back. Once you see the mind stretching out, there's no way it's going back into the straitjacket. No fucking way. Yeah? It's not the message. You see, it's not even, the message is just a catalyst to mind. Mind is all there is. Mind is all there is. Everything proceeds from mind. Nothing precedes mind. Yeah? Mind is all there is. So, have faith in it. Have faith in it like you'd have faith in a God. Way beyond that. Because this God is even, is so close to you, it's prior to your breath. It's so, it is so what you are that it doesn't need to be worshipped. Yeah? It's so beyond that. It's, and it's available right now on a Saturday. Yeah? What's allowing, what's creating, what's making all the messes you think you're in? That's mind, yeah? Mind that's been, been <coughs> constricted and convoluted and pushed through this sift of self-centeredness where possibilities of being okay have turned into a hell. Yeah, <laughs> you have to see it. If you take it all the way back, like Ramana Maharshi said, follow everything back, it goes back to that. He called it the large self, the S big self. But everything goes back. Nothing issues forth from other than from there. So wherever you think you are, you from there. Yeah. There's no Yeah. No no tether gets cut. Yeah. It all goes follow back with the who am I and you go back there. You know? That's who is it that's worrying about next? You'll go back there. You can't escape everywhere. It's just that we're lingering way out. We're lingering like at square five. And we're taking, oh, I'm this, and I've got problems, and I was born, and <laughs> I'm going to die, and I should have done this yesterday, and I'm afraid I'm not going to do this tonight. That's not, that's like at square five, yeah? The game is already on, you know? You're trying to decide, should I play? But you're already, you are the playing of the game by this point. Yeah. It's hard to back out of it by then. You've got you to just question, am I that which is on square five? If you see you're not, what happens is you're immediately square zero. And if you do it at square 15, square zero. If you do it at square 85, square zero. And one of the times you realize, I've never left square zero. There you go. <laughs> there you go. 
<laughs> I don't have to try to find a way to get back from square five to square zero. Just question the reality of square five. It's not so. It's an appearance. Yeah. And you're in cahoots with it. It's not happening to you. You're in fucking cahoots with square five. It's all... You're not a victim here. You're not. How could be, how could be the only perpetrator be a victim? How could the only perpetrator of this place be a victim to it? Give me a break. You're not, it's happening through mind. You're that. Yeah. The victimization is... Just, it's almost as bad as time. You know, Not bad, but... The, the conditional mind is so is into the victim thing. Like it's always thinking powers greater than itself are fucking with it. Yeah, like we're totally under this huge barrage of things. That's the mind is is find out if that's true. You know, I found that the victimization, especially in recovery and stuff, runs deep. And then you get to see it's like that. Uh, <coughs> not being responsible truly and I mean the real responsibility the real, real responsibility is you're the dreaming of this place yeah you're the dreaming of this place and you've given everything you've dreamt all the power to affect you yeah and the only way it can affect you is for you to be a you <laughs> you know for you to take what you're taking yourself to be seriously is what allows you to be affected here it is how can something bother you one day, not bother you the next day, and then bother you the day after? Is, does that have the quality to bother you, or are you giving it the quality to bother you? I would say it's you, yeah? Let's say you're driving through traffic, you're not going anywhere that day, no one bothers you. Then you have a purpose, you've got to get somewhere. Like, let's say there's a the day, good surfing, and then everyone's a threat. Fuck, this guy's, <laughs> the truck's in front of you, everything. But how did that happen? Were they a threat yesterday? No, now they're a threat. You don't see your role in it? You don't see your role in it? You don't see your role in that? How could that thing bother me yesterday, not bother me today when I'm feeling fine, and bother me tomorrow? How can I give it all that meaning? That it has the ability to bother me. I'm, this mind is bothering itself through that. Because it's believing something. Yeah? And it's, because it takes that belief, it has to be determined by what it believes. That's how powerful mind is. So if it believes it's a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, it has to suffer the slings and arrows of being a long-lasting. It can't escape its own power. Yeah? Once the mind defines itself, it has to play as if that's so. Well, maybe change the definition of mind. Question the one center of it. The one definition that we've been experiencing for quite a while is selfing, self-centeredness. Question that. All right. Last second win there. All right. Last second. <laughs>